The story in the Star uh, on Wednesday that said legal gaps allow cell phone stalkers to thrive, researchers said. It's by uh, my colleague there, Kate Allen, who says that uh, Canadian laws, she reports, that Canadian laws are failing to protect the victims of cell phone stalkerware, allowing abusers to easily repurpose supposed child protection and employee monitoring technology as weapons of intimate partner violence. This comes from a report from the University of Toronto Citizen Lab, which, uh, which said that essentially there are powerful surveillance tools that are marketed as essentially like protection things, right? Like you put them so you can keep track of your kids or get in touch with your kids. Uh, things like uh, tracking another person's GPS location, call logs, text and chat messages, web traffic, social media posts, and more. It logs all that stuff. Even some that enable keystroke logging and can activate microphones and cameras. Uh, These, they found, get used by uh, intimate partners and abusers to stalk people on their cell phones. And yet, despite that being apparently fairly common, uh, and and laws uh, outlawing it, uh, prosecutions are fairly uncommon. Uh, to help walk us through this uh, is uh, Global News Radio's cybersecurity expert and CEO of Boceron Security, David Shipley. Welcome back to the show, David. Thanks for having me. Um, so, how how can how concerned uh, should we be about this? Like, how big of a problem does this seem to be? This is a massive and growing issue, and it is terrifying um, to imagine the victims of intimate partner violence now having to have multiple page checklists of all the aspects of their digital lives to try and figure out how they can be safe. And having had personal experience giving advice to a number of individuals, um, getting out of bad situations, it's it's awful. Uh, and so you've got these tools, some of which are marketed as, you know, as you mentioned, for corporate or child protection. And then you have a whole other class of these tools that are openly, brazenly marketed on the Internet saying, catch your cheating spouse, follow your person around, etc. And they, they make even no, no attempt to hide that they're being used for stalker purposes. And those are the ones we should be dropping the hammer on to start with and significantly prosecuting those caught um, using these tools to do it. But there's a catch. And what's the catch? The catch is it can be incredibly difficult to find this malware on mobile devices. Hmm. Some of this stuff is is manufactured and sold, and unless you're a forensics expert, uh, you may never know you had it. Um, so police are just not equipped or resourced to even deal with this level of crime that's happening or to successfully prosecute it. Oh, boy. Um, and I think, yeah, the the... The, the way we're going to have to fight this is, number one, I think the credit card companies, uh, pressure needs to be put on them uh, yesterday to say, listen, you shouldn't be processing online payments for companies that openly market stockerware. That's tactic number one. Secondly, legislation uh, needs to happen that says uh, if you're caught using this, oh, you want to believe you're going to do some jail time. Um, and third, we need to resource our police to deal with this because it's getting worse. I mean, uh, what I was going to ask you before you sort of <laughs> uh, gave us the bad news was like if there's a way uh, that people can tell if they have this sort of software on their device. Um, presumably in cases where it's child protection stuff, 
you know, you know, you would be able to see that the app is there or something, right? But but you're saying with most of this stalkerware, it would be really difficult to tell. Like, it's not something where listeners out there now, if they're concerned about it, could just uh, run a scan that they can find online or something like that. No, it's not. Um, the uh, the easy stuff to find is the stuff baked into the phones themselves. So the find my iPhone, find my Android feature, making sure that that is secure. It's tied to an ID, Apple or Google account that you control. Um, find my friends on an iPhone, making sure you've reviewed that and it's not turned on without your knowledge. Those are some easy things to do, and those are some tools that less sophisticated stalkers can use. Um, the more sophisticated ones, you can look if your smartphone has what's installed as a mobile device management profile, right. uh, then uh, that's something that typically is a, a corporate thing. Now, unless your company has put that on there, uh, you've got some questions to raise. Take your phone into uh, from an iPhone to an Apple expert and start taking a look at it. But if it is the malicious malware, the highly specialized, more expensive stuff, uh, it can hide and you'll never know it. Um, you know, the ultimate extension of that is a... Uh, a series of malware made by a nation-state group called the NSO Group um, that uh, police and others use um, that is virtually impossible to detect. Um, now, this kind of stuff, uh, if, if somebody were targeting you and wanting to install it, uh, do, do, how hard is that? Do they need physical access to your device to be able to do it? Is it installed remotely? Like, do you, is this the kind of thing malware where if you open the wrong email or click the wrong link, you wind up with it on your phone? Like, yeah. So uh, the easiest way is, is physical access, and that's the first thing you should always do: is never allow others to have control of your phone. Um, don't give up your PIN code or your password. Password. Definitely don't put other people's fingerprints on your ID or biometric sensors or other face IDs. Keep your phone safe and secure. Um, and possession is a, a great first step. Unfortunately, exactly to your point, some of this malware can be sent by text or, or by email phishing scams. Um, so be very careful what you click on. So it, it sounds like, just to, to wrap up, that the self-defense options that most people have uh, and you've outlined some of them, but they're f they're still fairly limited, and that really, uh, you know, as this report from U of T Citizen Lab sort of suggests, that the the legal uh, regime needs to really catch up on this. Both the tools the police have, but also the the sort of legal framework, the punishments that are out there, the pressure that we put on the people selling this or or profiting from selling this. Like, seems like what we need is a government response to help prevent this because we're limited in what we can how we can defend ourselves. Absolutely. This needs to be a political priority. And, you know, if we're talking about um, extending, enhancing, and advancing human rights, digital space is the area where they're under extraordinary threat. Uh, and there is very much a gender dynamic to this. Many of the victims, majority of the victims are women. And so these tools uh, can have a disproportionate impact on our society. The one piece of advice I have is that if you are, are significantly concerned or in a safety situation, please reach out to police. There are also online resources um, you can look up that give you some digital self-defense tips. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, you really do have to create a bit of a checklist that can even include not just your smartphone or your laptop, but if your car is equipped with modern technology um, that enables you to find your car or track your car, then you have to be careful with that as well. So <laughs> it, because there's like a bug right on your car that somebody else could just get access to or whatever. 
Absolutely. Well, some cars come equipped with it, um, and so it's built and sold as a feature to help recover your car. Um, and Amazon and others sell really cheap portable GPS units that are self-contained with batteries that can slap underneath your car, and you can buy those for under a couple hundred dollars. So, unfortunately, a healthy dose of paranoia, particularly in unsafe situations, is warranted. All right, David Shipley from Boseron Security, a cybersecurity expert. Thanks for uh, I. I want to say thanks to you for walking us through that. Although I do don't can't say I feel comforted at all by your words. Thanks, David. Oh well, the big call to action is, as you say, we have to declare this isn't okay, and we all have to take action, not just the victims. All right, thank you so much, David.